0: All right, welcome back, friends, citizens of the Do Hard Things Nation, to another episode of the Do Hard Things podcast. I'm JT, certified high performance coach, founder of the Do Hard Things Nation, and um, yeah, and today we've got uh, in studio with us Craig Horseman. We're going to talk about SBP, the Survivor Benefit Benefit Plan, and some alternatives. For you know, this is a a program for for veterans that are that are retiring, and maybe give you some alternatives and give you some information. Craig is a uh, transition coach, and uh, we're going to talk about that process, which was very enlightening to me. As I'm currently, as we record this, you know, I'm I'm in that process of transitioning, and um, you know, Craig has been able to help out help me out significantly to make a good choice. So we just want to just educate you on uh, on the process and maybe give you some uh, some alternatives to that. But before we get into today's episode, just a few housekeeping notes. Make sure you smash that subscribe button so you're notified of future episodes. We're on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple. I like Pocket Cast. We're even streaming on YouTube. So if you want to see us, you can actually go over to YouTube and make sure that you subscribe and and uh and uh, there's no doubt that some value that we drop today there's going to be a nugget or something like that that could be beneficial to someone that you know so take a screenshot share this with a couple of your friends and um uh, and then take a moment and go over to uh, Apple iTunes leave us a review they go a long way to expanding the the do hard things reach they uh the helps with the algorithm and uh we appreciate it and that's how we grow uh this episode is sponsored by Lions Guide Leadership Academy being the one in charge can be overwhelming. Without the right support, you feel like you're hardly keeping up with demands. Maybe you're struggling to uh, to maintain staff and and retain people, maybe maximize the potential of your team. And that can be very frustrating from a leadership perspective. You can find yourself overwhelmed rather than confident and a peace of mind. But it doesn't have to be that way. Lions Guide has helped leaders like you gain confidence, accomplish more, and earn the personal freedom they sought to achieve. And uh, we can help you. I'm the high-performance development director over there. And uh, the Lion's Guide is an on- offers an online academy, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and organizational workshops. We can actually go to your – we can do it online for your team, but we can also go to your organization and provide a high-performance leadership workshop. And so go check out Lion's Guide, lionsguide.com. Check out the podcast and uh, learn more this episode is also brought to you by UARD the University of Applied Research and Development uh, and uh, UARD helps veterans obtain their bachelor or master's degree in emergency management get the opportunity to study abroad in New Zealand for a short tour or you can stay in country up to three months fully funded VA program uh, covered by the GI Bill or you can also use other benefits like voc rehab and uh, so who's this program for specifically for U.S. veterans to maximize your credits for military service and experience. And uh, the goal of the university is for every veteran to have their bachelor or master's degree within a year. Uh, to distance learning uh, at your own pace. However, to, it's, it's, it's accelerated, uh, but uh, that's ultimately uh, the goal. It's a non-traditional way of learning. So I highly encourage it. I am the professor. We have the next mission project in alignment. We're partnered with them and the curriculum that I teach is part of the uh, uh, part of the course there. So you can go to com, click on Do Hard Things down under, or you can go to the university website, www.uard.university, and uh, speak to an academic advisor and get you started there. We're also sponsored by DoHardThingsNation.com, right? So go grab yourself some apparel. My wife makes these awesome uh, shirts and hats and all the gear, so uh you can't be slacking if you're if you're out there wearing something. If you wear something that says goal crusher or do hard things on it, you're gonna go out there and crush the day. So uh if you appreciate the show, we ask that you go over to dohardthingsnation.com. Check that out, check out the other offerings we have there, upcoming events, and uh, and that's it. So all right, so today we have Craig Horseman in the house. And uh let me read you his bio here. Craig Horseman is a retired army veteran with 23 years of experience as a combat engineer during this time in the army. He completed two tours in Iraq and one tour in Afghanistan, along with multiple training missions, stateside and overseas. And while serving, he earned an associate's degree in general studies from CTC, Central Texas College. Uh, Shortly after retiring, completed a Bachelor of Science in Interdisciplinary Studies from Park University. After retiring, Craig decided he wanted to continue to be involved in the military community and currently serves as a benefit specialist with United Shield Life Insurance He uses his position there to not only educate transitioning service members on many aspects of transitioning from the military, his focus area is education on the Survivor Benefits Program and Veterans Group Life Insurance, also known as VGLI, uh, in comparison to civilian life insurance options, where he not only talks one-on-one with service members and their spouses, but he also hosts free webinars monthly to educate transitioning service members on those programs. Although the area of life insurance is main focus, he also uses the knowledge he learned from his transition, as well as the network he has created to uh, assist transitioning service members in almost every aspect of their transition, which I can speak personally, it's been very beneficial for me. Uh, Craig also stays involved in his community by being a member and also ambassador for his local chamber of commerce sits on the governing board of his church and serves as the partnership coordinator for the Sapper association where he establishes partnerships in support of not only the U S army Sapper leader course, but also for the yearly Lieutenant general Robert G flowers best Sapper competition. Most importantly, Craig is the father of five children where he has free time uh, when he has free time between his family work and volunteer obligations. He enjoys being outdoors hunting fishing, working on his physical fitness, doing ridiculous physical challenges with his friends. To date, he's completed a local half marathon, the Marine Corps Marathon, 50K, multiple 15, 25K runs, two Ragnar Trail events, one road event, multiple other running and rucking events. And uh, when he's not out and about this community or out on an adventure, he enjoys relaxing and enjoying time with his friends and family. And uh, talk about ridiculous adventures, this podcast is is, uh, you know, one of the reasons for this podcast is because of a challenge, a friendly challenge that uh, that Craig laid down to me. Uh, and uh, he was one of the, uh, you were the first podcast guest, weren't you? I was. Yeah. So you go back in time. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. Uh, very first uh, founding member. But uh, yeah, he's a you know, personal friend of mine, uh, a brother from another mother. And uh, we love doing ridiculous, hard things together. And uh, it's great to have you back to talk about what you're doing now. So welcome
1: Hi. back. I should have mentioned that like half of those ridiculous challenges involved you um, and ended up being me getting trash talked into him because several years ago, I trash talked you into a challenge for completely self selfish reasons, but here we are. So
0: every challenge is for selfish reasons because they always come with apprehension. But if you're going to suffer, you might as well suffer with friends. That's right.
1: Misery. <laughs> loves company.
0: Absolutely. Then we just talk trash <laughs> to each other the whole time we're doing it. So it's great. That's right. <laughs> So what's up man? The last time we had you on, you were like clean shaven, you had the haircut. Still think you had to go to a a day job where they required you to, you know, do a bunch of things you didn't necessarily want to do, but now you're you're a free man.
1: <laughs> yes. Actually, uh 1 year and 8 days since my official retirement from the army, uh, and it has been amazing. Most times it's been an adventure. It's completely different obviously than what I did for the last 23 years before that, but uh yeah, it's been great. It's been a great time. Yeah.
0: What's been the biggest challenge of the transition process for you?
1: <sighs> mm. I think it's kind of finding me um, after. So there's been a, you know, there was a Craig Horseman for 23 years that put on a uniform every day and did that. Um, <clears throat> but I think one of my biggest challenges is one of the same challenges that most veterans face as they go to transition is to figure out who they are and where they fit in when that is no longer, um, when that's no longer the case, when they, when they're not putting on a uniform anymore, they're not stepping into that same role, um, step out into the civilian world where obviously uh, it's not as organized. It's not as um, scheduled stuff like that. So just finding my place in there and, and figuring out how to, to continue I've pushed myself to success under completely different circumstances.
0: Yeah. You know, I think uh, as I walk this path myself, you know, it's like uh, so much of your identity has been wrapped up in service. You know, you've been part of this big team. And now it's kind of like I'm coming to the realization that, you know, the Army doesn't necessarily need me and it's time for someone else to step up. And it's a little bit, um, I don't know, it, it there's some challenges uh, associated with that. And, and like you said, finding me, who am I? Because a big part of who I, who I am was definitely a military service and veteran, but it's not the only thing that I am. Right. And um, I think it, now it kind of sheds light on these other things mm-hmm. of like, who, who am I? And it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm far more than the uniform.
1: And it, and it's also, what did I learn while wearing the uniform that I can use to benefit me now? You know what I mean? What what that I did when I was in, can I continue to do? And what was it that I did when I was in that I don't necessarily want to continue? I mean, perfect example for me. The job that I did when I was in is not something that really has carryover outside of the military. So cool story. I know demo calculations like blow up trees and stuff, but that's not something I'm ever going to use again. So what is it that I'm going to use moving forward that is going to allow me to be successful? What did I learn over my time that I can? Transfer over into what I do in the civilian world.
0: Yeah, you know a a great analogy, and and this was given to me uh, by by another veteran uh, who transitioned and helps other veterans transition. Was that you know we when before service, you know we learn to master the rules of soccer. You know in your civilian world, you're learning how to play, and and you get really good at that. Then you join the military, and it's like. You learn how to play full contact rugby. Well, there's a lot of the lot of the rules. A lot of the uniforms look very similar, but you learn how to play full contact rugby. You're tackling people. You get very you get really good at it, like yeah. you know, world championship level, right? And then eventually, the uniform comes off, and it's time to go back to the civilian world where everyone's playing soccer, but you're still playing rugby, and you're out there. You know, the uniforms look the same. The pitch looks the same. You're you're tackling people and scoring touchdowns and thinking like you over there celebrating. And they're like, no, dude, red card. What the hell are you doing, bro? You can't be doing that. You can't hit like, that. Oh, oh, sh- like what's going on? And I, I think a lot of veterans are still clinging on to the rules of rugby
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, when they need to be really like using the skills that they learned in rugby to play soccer and dominate soccer again. Yep. And that analogy makes really good sense to me because there are, you know, a lot of the things that we're we're accustomed to, our language, how we speak and our frustration learning the civilian way. Right. And, um, but the the grand, the the thing is that we have to leverage our strengths to be able to play soccer again. And we need to be able to transition back into that. If we want to be successful.
1: There there are so many differences um, that you never really think about that it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I, my little brother was in for 10 years and he got out and he was, he got out as a major, he was an officer. Um, He went to work for a company and he would come up with these ideas that to him were just like common sense from his time in the military. And like everybody around him would look at him like, but how did you, how did you come up with this? And of course in his head, he's like, this is like brand new Lieutenant level stuff. Um, But at the same time, like that wasn't a challenge for him, but he told me one time, like one of the hardest challenges he had was when he got out. Suddenly he had to figure out what he had to wear every day. So or it's you have jobs just, for example, little differences um, where you have work hours, set hours. You can't work past certain hours because of overtime restrictions and labor laws and all this other stuff where we're used to, you know, as long as it takes to accomplish the mission, that's how long we're going to stay. And that's how much effort we're going to put into it. But once you take the uniform off there, I mean, there are some ways that you aren't you can't do that. Um, but again, in some ways you're not necessarily encouraged to do that. Cause it's like, okay, let's, we don't have to have this done right this second. Let's take some time and and put a little bit different work into it. And yeah, so yeah. there are definitely a, a lot of differences going back and forth that we have to adjust to.
0: I think it's also very humbling, especially if, um, if you stayed in the military long enough to where you've uh, turned a certain level of grade or position, senior NCO officer, warrant officer. And, you know, it's very humbling for me. I mean, just we, even within the army, going from being a commander to now manning my cubicle having you know responsibility where people call attention and stand up and hold the door open for you to be like uh we need these reports and you like going back so yeah. that that happens within the military from position to position but then as you transition from the military like no one cares about your rank anymore they appreciate your service but no, what can you do for me you know what, what how are you going to you know uh, so that's I think that's another thing. I think a lot of people struggle with with that, especially if you've made some senior
1: senior rank. Yeah, it, that's another one, too. Like I got a job at a local tap room just for fun. But going in is now I'm the new person. I was the senior guy. Twenty three years experience. Yeah. Now I'm the brand new person. And and for me, it wasn't a terrible process to to kind of swallow my pride and be the new guy. Uh, but I've I've talked to and heard of a lot of people who have issues with that. They they have that mentality, especially like your senior enlisted and your senior officers as they get out. They're like, I was this. I was in charge of all of yeah. this. Now you want me to like entry level. Yeah, that's what you're going to do, because your experiences that you had in the military is cool. And we want to draw from those experiences. However, you're not the senior person anymore. You now have a. 25 year old who has more experience in this job field that you do that is going to teach you and for a lot of people that's hard to swallow um but it's just one of those things you have to do to to continue to be successful once the uniform comes off yeah so how, you're gonna have to
0: learn how to be a little bit humble and, and humility and, and realize that you're not the the the, the uh, you know the high man on the totem pole <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. you may have some areas that you have uh experience that's that's more than everybody else but you're gonna have a lot of places that that you don't know just because things don't run the same way. Even if you get into the same job field outside of the military that you did when you were in, there's still going to be differences in how things are done. Um, And you have to be able to take that step back and say, okay, I don't know everything. I need to just be quiet, shut up in color for a little bit and figure out what's going on. Then we can move from there.
0: Yeah. I had that issue within the, the, in my, within my career going from, you know, senior NCO from Sergeant first class to a Lieutenant. That was very humbling because I can't see past the rank, and I—I've noticed that there's some nuances with that as I venture back into the civilian world. Like I just got to kind of just shut up and listen. Yes, I have a lot to offer, but I can't just barge in with my rank because it's just—it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. <laughs> it's irrelevant. <laughs> so yep. now I got to prove it's myself. That's—it's all good. It's all good. So let's talk. Let's tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now with uh, United Shield, and um, you know what? Yeah. So what, what do you? Why? How, let's go back. Let me ask this. How did you transition and choose this particular career field? Then we can get into what you're doing. So why did you choose this path?
1: So it's funny because as you were doing like the introduction and stuff, you were talking about me helping you out. But it's actually you that got me here in the first place. Uh, as I was preparing to transition, I was working with Jay as a as as my coach to kind of figure out what it was I wanted to do. Um and he saw an opportunity come up, or you saw an opportunity come up that you thought I might be interested in. At first, I wasn't big on it. Um, it's technically it's a sales job. I am not a salesperson. Uh, I don't let me rephrase that. I don't enjoy sales. Um, so at first I was really hesitant about doing it, uh, but you're like, hey, go talk to this guy. He may have the opportunity for an internship. It's something that you may enjoy. So I humored you. I went and talked to him. Um he set me down and started explaining to me like the, the government programs that are offered. You mentioned them earlier, SVP and VGLI. Uh, he explained those to me versus what the civilian opportunities were. Um, this wasn't even like the internship. This was just in general, like life insurance, stuff like that. Um, and as he was talking me through it. I kind of looked at it and I was like, wait a minute, like I've been in the army for 23 years. Right. And I am at this point in time, I think I was less than a year from retiring And this was the first time I was hearing about this. Um, So that's when my my kind of shift in thought process happened. And it went from this as a sales job to this is an opportunity for me to reach out to my peers and my fellow service members to stay involved in the transitioning service member community and provide an education piece where there is a massive lack of education. um, Just to ensure that our service members and their families are taken care of as they get ready to separate from the military, too, because it was like, if I don't know about this, I know. There's a whole lot of other people out here that don't know about this. There's some education on it as you go through the tap classes or whatever, but there's not a lot. There's definitely not enough. Um, But that's that's like I said, my mind shift happened uh, happened there. Uh, I enjoy teaching. It's one of the things I like to do. So being able to take my experience, my knowledge base and and help others through through these things um, is kind of what pulled me into it. And then it also just became as I grew my network. It's not just. SBP, VGL, life insurance. It's I have a network that can help with just about anything. I can draw from my experiences from transition. I have people that I can reach out to. Um, I'm a firm believer the smartest person in the world doesn't know all the answers. They know where to find them. I am not an extremely intelligent individual, but I have a lot of smart friends. So if I can't, if I don't have the answer, I know where to find it just to help transition in general. So that's kind of got me where I am now. Uh, and that's what I do. So Yeah, it's
0: been. I I do recall like many veterans, they want to get out and they want to go back into government service because it's the safe route. Once you get into the GS system, it's you know it's just another pension, right? Uh, We were talking about that, like and and I had considered it myself, and I'm like, you know what, I want to try to do something just a little bit different to venture out to not go the safe path, and. You know, and and so it's been really cool to see you. You gave this a shot, and you're still sticking with it. And just the amount of people that you've been able to uh, to help. And you know, I I am uh, you know I I am not I'm not paid by United Shield, but they did offer me a policy, and and it, it was a valuable option for me. And in that process, I'm like, you know, I I didn't know much about it. I I didn't know that there was another alternative. I just thought everyone everyone that retired you do SVP. If something happens to you, you continue to, your wife will still continue to get your, your check, um, or a portion of it. But I didn't realize that there were other options out there. And, and that's what I found really valuable because from my financial planning perspective, it makes a lot of sense for me to do something different. And this may or may, may, may or may not be for you, but I think what's critical is the, it's the education, right? It's nice to know what options that you have. Because transition and all the programs, everything is so overwhelming. And when you're going through the transition process, you know, for many of us, we're still trying to manage our, our career. And, and, and it's just very difficult to sit down and wrap your head around all these different programs and, and things that are out there.
1: And it's, it's very easy to fall into the mentality of the government took care of me for my entire military career. They're going to keep taking care of me when I get out. And as bad as it sounds, that's not necessarily the case when we're in. Yes. I mean, it's just like you look at pro athletes or anything else. When they're on the team, they have access to everything that they need to be successful because that's their job. Once the uniform comes off or in the, in the talk of sports, like once the Jersey comes off, that's cool. You're not really a benefit anymore. Um, you're not doing anything for the teams. So you're not the priority that you were before. So while there are programs in place to, you know, to help take care of our service members as they transition. And once they get out, they're not always going to be the best options. Um, They're options. So it's really important to get out and get the education piece. And don't get me wrong. Like, as I I say this all the time when I post on LinkedIn, whatever, uh, when it comes to SBP and VGLI, there are times when that's the answer. Uh, But for the majority of people, it's not, it, if things are done in a timely manner, it's not the best answer. There are other options. We just have to get out there and get educated on it to make sure we make the right decision. Absolutely.
0: And, and that's, you know, it's, it's having, it's having options. So you can make the best decision for yourself versus just choosing the only option that, you know, and you go with it and you realize later, like, you know what, shoot, that was, I wish I would have did this something else, you know? And that's why I think it's important to talk to a transition coach specialist and, and, uh, you know, see what your, what your options are. So tell us, uh, I guess, just some of the, uh, the, the differences, maybe some of the things veterans should consider as they transition, whether or not they should choose uh, the survivor benefit plan, SBP, or uh, one of your uh, products that you promote.
1: Honestly, the biggest thing is, talk to somebody who knows, don't assume that you know everything. And the reason I say that is there are going to be different nuances that that come into play when it comes to just the life insurance piece in particular. Um, there are things that can affect that, right? So we talk a lot Again, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see me post about it. Get your life insurance stuff started before you do your VA claim. Reason being life insurance, your ability to get life insurance or your cost of it is going to be affected by your, your current medical status and your medical history. So what we know to happen is as we get ready to transition, we start stacking up doctor's visits to get everything in our records for our coveted VA rating, right? The problem becomes as you get those things in there, they can affect your ability to get insurance or what your cost is going to be. Um, So, you want to talk to somebody early to figure out what's going to be the right answer for you. Um, are you looking for income replacement because your spouse doesn't work? Then life insurance is going to be a better option than SBP is going to be because SBP is only a percentage of your retirement. So just a quick, quick one on it: SBP, you pay in six point five percent of your retirement for your spouse or your children to receive fifty-five percent of your retirement. For example, for me, it was going to cost me just over two hundred dollars. Um, for my, uh, spouse to get 18, I believe it was $1,800 a month. When something happened, when I die, that's taxable income. So $1,600 a month, we have five children, $1,600 a month, barely keeps the lights on, uh, as opposed to for me, because I was looking at income replacement, a million dollar life insurance policy, right? If she were, if when something happens to me, she takes that million dollars, she invests that. Some tax-free and can live off the interest of that. So now we're looking at income replacement. If your money's good, uh, your investments are good, your financial plan is solid. Maybe you don't need that. Maybe you don't need that much. Maybe SBP, just because it's a guaranteed check, is what's going to work better for you. Maybe SBP plus a small insurance life insurance policy is what's going to work better for you. Um, but that's kind of where a lot of that comes into play, to talk to somebody who knows. Uh, and then on the other side, we kind of mentioned VGLI. Generally speaking, I don't recommend VGLI to anybody unless they have medical conditions that prohibit them from getting life insurance anywhere else. Just because what people don't realize is VGLI costs increase every five years when you're in the military. So just to kind of go back, when you're in the military, you have SGLI service group service member group life insurance. It's four hundred thousand dollars of coverage. You pay twenty eight dollars a month. The entire time you're in, it never changes again. Going back to that. Hey, the government has taken care of me. I'm just going to let them keep doing it. You can continue, essentially continue that SGLI when you get out. You can keep that $400,000 coverage, but your cost increases every five years to the tune of by the time you're 70 years old, which is where you're getting into the range of the average life expectancy of a veteran, you're paying $904 a month or $908 a month. I forget. It's just over 900 bucks for $400,000 of life insurance coverage. So when you're getting into that age that you may actually need it, or rather your family may need that money, there's a good chance you're not going to be able to afford it anymore. Uh, by the time you're 80, it's $1,800 a month. Um, I did the math on it for my last college class that I took for my degree. Uh, and if someone were to retire at 40 years old, then they were live were to live to, I forget what age I use it, It's like 71 or something like that. Um, they, and they took VGLI, they would actually pay more into VGLI than the payment, than the actual $400,000 would be. So the big thing is talk to somebody who knows, talk to a professional and do your research on that. Cause there are still a lot of companies out there. There are predatory companies out there that aren't looking out for a service member's best interest. They're looking out for theirs. Um, So make sure you're talking to somebody that actually has your best interest in mind. Uh, But those, those are kind of my big ones on, on that subject, just because it can be very, it's very individualized. There's not a, a one size fits all answer. So talk to somebody who, who knows
0: you know oftentimes we don't think about long term like oh we'll just do this thing it'll work out in the end right but you really do need to take when it comes to your life insurance you really need to take a good look at this because you might end up in a situation where you down the line you're gonna have some regrets right you're like man i wish i would have took the time to research my options and 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 do some math and make sure it makes sense i know for me personally i opted to go the uh, life insurance route and i think i got I don't know, because I'm uh, 1.1 million for like is around 100 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, and it, it, it's term. So eventually I'm not going to have that. But ho- I've done enough investments mm-hmm. that, you know, you insure as you build your your nest egg and, and your wealth, you know. Um, but I one thing I didn't realize was that I thought when you bought into SVP, I thought that your spouse, if, if something were to happen to you, they still got 100%. I didn't realize it was 55%.
1: Yep. Yep. So
0: 55%. That was uh, that was kind of a, a red flag for me. Like, Oh, uh, I don't know. That didn't work out for my situation. Mm-hmm. Like you said, everyone's situation is different, but I'm like, you know what? Uh, this is a better alternative over here. I'm going to go this route. So,
1: yep. Um,
0: but that's why I think it's important to,
1: to know your yep. options. And the cool thing is if you get in, like you were just talking about term and I'm not going to break off into all the differences and the types of insurance and stuff, but if you, if a lot of your companies now will offer you term policies, that along the way if you feel you're gonna have the need past your term you have the option you have what are called conversion options and you can actually take part of part or all of that term policy and convert it into something permanent but it's not a decision you have to make right now generally speaking you're in that you get in your term contract for a year then you can start talking about options so you can make some changes along the way if you're working with a good company um, yeah a completely different discussion sorry. <coughs>
0: No, no, all good. If someone wanted to consider their options, like what what does that process look like? And what would the uh, turnaround time be from like, you know what, I want to execute, take that product and and place it. So what does that look like?
1: So, I mean, the process is, like I said, to reach out to somebody, reach out to a professional and have a discussion as to what the options are going to be. They should be asking you, whoever you're talking to should be asking you kind of what your finances look like now. What are your goals? Why are you wanting life insurance? What are you looking to do with it? And then help to develop your plan based on that. Uh, Turnaround time is a completely different animal. And the reason I say that is because when you apply for life insurance, depending on the company, they're going to ask you a bunch of medical questions. Depending on the answers to those medical questions, they're going to pull your medical records. The reason I bring this up is we all know across the board there are like employee shortages, that does not that does not skip military hospitals. Uh, a lot of the military treatment facilities that hold your records are understaffed in their records department, and a task that used to take thirty days—that was their timeline that they used to give—is uh, now to sixty to ninety days just to get medical records. I talked to one hospital. Uh, because they were taking forever to get records for somebody that I was working with. Uh, I actually filed an ICE complaint against the hospital because it was taking so long. And I had the head of records call me and say, hey, that's a cool story. I understand what it is that you want and what you're trying to do. However, I'm supposed to have, have a staff of 20 people and I have a staff of four. We receive over 200 requests a day. So it's getting to a point in a lot of your military treatment facilities that it's taking longer and longer to get records. So to give a cookie cutter answer as to what that timeline is going to look like, I really can't. Because it depends. It could be anywhere from if you don't have any health issues, nothing at all, nothing in your records, you may get an answer back in a week or two. Uh, If they're pulling medical records, I would look at a minimum of 30 days. I would probably shoot more into the 90 to possibly even 120 days before you're going to get an answer back from the life insurance company. So that and that's why I talk about starting early. Like I my ideal place to catch people is about two years out. Now that like the, the army, I know, I think the Navy already does it, but the army is allowing service members to support, to uh, submit retirement, two years prior. Now we want to back that up even more. So now we're looking into the three year window, just because again, we want to get this process started before all the VA stuff starts, before we fall into that area. We want to get it done um, quickly. And we want to have that, that cushion, if it takes longer to get an answer back. So we're not, um, Pushed up again, pushed right up against that retirement date to have to make a decision.
0: Yeah. Something I learned is as you go through this process, when you start going through the VA process, you do a deep dive in your medical history, you want to get these products lined up to make, because if not, after all of these things come out about your medical history, and you're, you're probably going to go and, and, and probably rush to go, there's a lot of medical things that you haven't been diagnosed with, but you're probably wanting to go because, you know, you know how we roll in the military. We just, chew on some ibuprofen and suck it up because we got we got mission first but then it's like okay toward the end i want to start taking care of myself oh shoot as i went through my medical records and started going to the doctor like i started getting more diagnosis these things started piling up you know those things could have um, mm-hmm. made an impact on my application because i didn't know yes. i wasn't diagnosed the diagnosis came later And that's going to
1: jack up your premiums, right? Generally speaking, the way I like to describe it, this isn't always the case, but for the most part, anything that can affect your mortality will affect your ability to get life insurance and how much it's going to cost because the life insurance company is essentially assuming risk on how, how long you're going to live. So anything that could shorten that. So sleep apnea is a consideration. That's like a big one right now. Sleep apnea is a buzzword for VA claims. So sleep apnea, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, Uh, TBI, PTSD, anxiety, depression, all of that stuff that could be considered to shorten your lifespan can affect your ability to get life insurance. Generally speaking, knees, ankles, shoulders, that stuff, no big deal. Um, It can be just because I had somebody the other day, they came back, their quote was relative, was actually really high, but it was because of chronic pain from an injury. So chronic pain can lead to other things, mental, everything else. So their premiums were really, really high not because they had anything crazy in their records, but because of that diagnosis of chronic pain. So that's why it's important to get all this stuff done beforehand.
0: Yeah. So, so don't delay on this. Don't drag your feet on this one. This is something that you definitely want to look into to see what your options are. So you have better options and yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that I realized that that really was beneficial to me. And I know you've talked about it quite a bit Mm -hmm. sooner is better than later. Ah, uh, because of uh, all you know th- that process, right? So, well, what else? What else should a transitioning veteran do, or what do they need to know about this uh, this process?
1: Oh man, uh, start uh, like I talked about starting your life insurance stuff early. Start your transition early, and by early, I mean three but, or more years out.
0: But Craig, I can't. I'm, you know, I've, I've got so much responsibilities. I don't have time. I got deployments.
1: We've got you know. Field training exercise but coming up. And when I say start your transition early, I don't necessarily mean be job hunting. Get on LinkedIn, build your your LinkedIn profile, start to work your resume, Build. figure out what it is that you wanna do and get on LinkedIn and find people in that area. Start to build your network in that area. This is all stuff that you can do instead of scrolling Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok for 15 minutes every day, jump on LinkedIn, find people on there that are doing what it is that you wanna do uh, and just start talking to them. Figure out what your education requirements are going to be. Figure out if there are credentialing requirements as credentialing has really moved up in the world uh, or in the military. There's a lot more opportunities for credentialing. Find out what of those things you can do before you even get out to make yourself successful. Um, It's just start to work that piece super early. Uh, That way, once you get to your um, to your transition, you're already set up in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. I don't know if people are aware of this, but um, if you're in the military and you're transitioning, you can get LinkedIn premium uh, for free for a year. And that's a great resource. I would recommend you start connecting with all these veteran organizations like Bunker Labs, you know, all the contacts that you're constantly promoting in your network. You know, they're all, uh, you know, helping uh, members transition Start making those contacts now and getting in those groups because I'm seeing all the time now, all of these opportunities that are popping up. It's quite remarkable. But if you don't take the time, you know, the, the longer you delay and the longer you uh, don't focus on these things, you know, you're missing out on opportunities that, that will help you and information that that's critical uh, to your success. Absolutely. So... What are some, um, are there any other organizations that, that stand out to you that, uh, that you admire and appreciate in the veteran space? Cause there's a lot of them out there, but what. Um,
1: there, so there are a bunch out there. Uh, there are a lot of different um, mentorship organizations out there. Veterati is one of them. Fusion hmm. cells doing a lot with mentorship as well as job placement. Um, Foursquare is one that I've seen quite a bit from. Uh, again, get on LinkedIn and start asking questions. There's mentorship groups on there everywhere and they can point you in the direction of just about anything you want to do. There's going to be a mentorship group out there. That's going to be able to help you. Not just that you have, I, I use the term influencers uh, on LinkedIn. I know generally speaking, that's like Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I never really thought of it in LinkedIn, but you've got people on Instagram who were all they do, or one of their big things is they're former service members that are working to assist other service members. Guys like, um, Michael Quinn puts out a lot of good stuff. Matt quick puts out a lot of good stuff. Um, your Jose Velasquez, uh, Alfredo Torres, Tyrone Hewitt actually teaches tap classes in Virginia, and he's constantly putting out information. This stuff is updated. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy Monty Montgomery, uh, who's with Fusion Cell that we talked about. He does videos almost every week between talking to service members, talking to businesses, talking to mill spouses. Uh, He's putting stuff out all the time. There's just there are so many organizations out there. There are organizations right now that are working to build um, programs that will work either in um, work with or to um, supplement the tap programs or even some that are wanting to build programs to replace them out there. Uh, Boots to Books is working an online curriculum. I'm not sure where they are in the process. I've kind of helped them out. I've got another guy that um, I'm kind of working with that's working to build something. So like I said, there are so many, th- this this entire realm right now, because it's still an online um service assisting service members is still new. So it's just exploding right now with opportunities for, for mentorship, for job opportunities, for all this stuff, then throw in the ability to telework now everywhere. And it's, yeah, there's, there's so many opportunities. It's crazy. You just got to get out there and do some digging and you'll find people that are, that are more than willing to help and have the connections that you need to be successful.
0: And if you connect with Craig, you can see all the connections he's constantly posting about. you can also connect with me because I'm, as I'm, as we're, steering the do hard things nation more in that veteran, uh, space, you know, we're going to be highlighting a lot more opportunities and whatnot for, uh, for transitioning veterans and veterans that are out there. And yep. uh, there's so many, I mean, there's so many, that's one of the, it's, I wouldn't say it's a pitfall, but it's a challenge. There are so many nonprofit organizations and so many, so many things, but because there's so many, like they're all trying to to mm-hmm. get themselves out there. It's, We need like a big directory or something. We need to create a directory. You know, something we all need to do is create a directory of like our favorite organizations Mm -hmm. by niche and how they specialize um, to help people. Because I think that's that's part of the challenge. Like, well, that's amazing. I just didn't know it was there. You know.
1: Yeah, Um, and there's a lot. Like I said, I, I mean, over the last year, all of those names that I that I mentioned are just people that I've stumbled across along the way or people that have been recommended to me. And it's like every now and then I'll jump on and, and, and I'll make, just make a post of, Hey, if you want, um, if you want to learn about, for example, you want to learn about PMP, right? Cause that's huge right now. Uh, contact Matt quick or project contact-
0: management, professional
1: uh, yes. certification. That's a, that's okay. a good one. Josh Atkinson, if you're still in the military, because the company that he works with actually does like almost like boot camps for uh, multiple different courses from PMI uh, and some other ones. Like um, if you want to know about TAP, like I said, go follow Tyrone Hewitt. Like I'll list out everybody that I know and the things I know they do. And then people will jump in the comments and I'll have people list out 20 other people that I've never heard of that do these things. And then I go follow them. There's just there's so much out there. It's it's insane.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier, you know, about finding yourself, uh, someone that uh, is is transitioning or maybe they're a veteran and they're just like kind of floundering out there and they just quite haven't found their way. What advice would you give them to get on the right track and on the right path?
1: Um, My advice is going to be what worked for me and that's get a coach. Find somebody that you can sit down with and you can figure out and find somebody like what I did with you. I mean, figure out your why. Figure out exactly kind of what it what's your purpose statement. What is it that you enjoy? And then how can you transition that into what can you transition that into? That's going to allow you to be happy. Um, a coach, mentor, somebody that you can just sit down with and figure that stuff out. Or to, if you're good with self-motivation and self-reflection, maybe you sit down and figure it out yourself. But it's it's find your why, figure out what you think your purpose is and then go from there. Uh, But I can't say enough about, I mean, obviously about you, because you're you're, as much as as much as you're where you are here with this, like you said earlier, like I'm where I am because I worked with you as well. Had it not been for you, uh, just like you said earlier, my my uh, goal was just to get a job on post and teach, get on the podium, get in the GS system and retire from there. Um, But stepping out of my comfort zone and working with somebody gave me the opportunity to I don't work a nine to five. I work my own schedule. I have my own freedom to do what I want to do. Uh, I ended up not having to deal with all the bureaucracy of being on post and, and all that stuff. So just find somebody to, to to help figure that stuff out. Don't don't try to do it on your own. Um, yeah, absolutely. Don't go it alone. Yes. I And I know we, I always, when I was an instructor, I would always tell people officers are generally much better at networking than enlisted guys, right? Uh, enlisted guys want to do everything themselves. They will recreate the wheel 15 times over before they ask for help. Ask for help. Because there are people out there that already have the experience, they already have the knowledge, they're willing to sit down and work with you. You just have to ask. Um, so do it. Don't try to do it by yourself. You're going to end up stressed out. You're going to end up still not getting where you want to go. Do what you want to do. Reach out, man. Find somebody to help to help you figure it out.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm going to burn the ship here because, as you said, that you know we I've had a I've had a coaching group called the Forge. And I'm going to rebrand it and rename it the Do Hard Things Next Mission Project, and that will specifically be for veterans. So if you're looking for a coach, you're looking for a group, uh, that's that's an option. You can go to DoHardThingsNation.com and uh, learn more about that. And that's that's the trajectory of where I'm taking the coaching with the Do Hard Things Nation. I really want to focus on focus on uh, veteran topics and helping veteran tra- veterans transition with finding your, your next mission, uh, identifying your purpose statement, you know, your, your goals and what you need to achieve. And, you know, heart has a mnemonic. It's the four lines of effort in your life, your health and wellness, your affluence and wealth, creation, relationships and development, and utilizing those four lines of effort to help you, you know, navigate and find that next mission. Cause I truly believe there is a leadership, a, a good quality leadership deficiency in our nation and I think that veterans can really step up and fill that void and add a lot of value. And I'm just concerned with this victimization mindset that, that and, and seeing veterans struggle with the suicide and all that, because they, they're having a difficult time mm-hmm. transitioning. God, our country needs us to continue to serve and su- support. And I think that if you can find yourself and you have that self- sense of contribution yes, we got to deal with our trauma and we have to deal with these things. Uh, and that requires us rolling up our sleeves, but we have so mm-hmm. much to offer. We just have to figure out how to play soccer again. Like I said, going from yep. rugby to soccer is tough. And uh, if we can do that efficiently, I think that we can really continue to add value to our, you know, our nation has some challenges right now. I think veterans can really step up and fill that void.
1: I agree. I mean, we're, One of the biggest things we bring to the table is we may not have experience in a certain area, but if there's one thing that we do well, it's we learn quickly and we adapt. Uh, And it doesn't matter what the organization is or what the what they do. There is a place that that can fit. Um, So, yeah, you just like you said, you have to figure out, figure out where you put that to figure out where you go uh, and put that to work. Because there's so much so much we can do. A lot of businesses aren't hiring veterans because of their experience in their job field. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of them are. But a lot of businesses, smart businesses are hiring veterans because of their ability to lead, manage and to adapt and overcome and accomplish a mission. And that's what we're really, really good at. We don't necessarily need the specifics of the job. We just need to be able to, we're really, generally speaking, your leaders in the military are really good with people and we can take, you tell me to do something, I'm going to figure out how to do it with minimal guidance from you and I'm going to accomplish that mission. So yeah, we tend
0: to be really good for doing that for others, but we really suck at doing it for ourselves, but you got to take command of your own life and, uh, and, and, and get after it, you know, and I think that's where we're falling short. We're really good. Uh, and kind of goes back to your point earlier about, you know, the government taking care of you. I think that we do a big disservice from, from day one. I remember, you know, coming in as a, uh, you know, from national guard to active duty as a specialist, you know, single, they, they give me a barracks room. I don't have Mm -hmm. any responsibilities. I just get my paycheck. All I got to do is go to work. They, they tell me what to wear. I just do my job. Then I can go drinking in the evening and which is great. But I think the, um, it almost becomes a little nannyish, And mm-hmm. I think that that helicopter parents um, is not so good for us. And it's difficult for us. We'll work our ass off. We have a lot of skills, but that aspect makes mm-hmm. it very difficult for us to do some very basic things for ourselves.
1: I, I was talking to somebody about it the other day. I don't remember who it was now, but I was, I was talking about how we're actually spoiled. Oh, I was on a, when I was recording a video, I think it was with, uh, with Jeremy Montgomery. Uh, we're spoiled cuz there's a lot of basics that we get taken care of for us that we don't ever have to think about. We don't have necessarily have to think about a place to live. We get either we get de facto access or we get money for food. Like we have a place to live, life insurance is covered, health insurance, like all these things are taken care of for us. Then when we take a uniform off, we don't think about this stuff. We're like Oh, wait what is this yeah yeah so it's yeah they're wait, gonna wait, give yeah. me a house it loan means,
0: I don't have to worry about you know uh like you said life insurance I don't have to I, worry about to health insurance 30. I
1: didn't have to think about that like yeah like but then yeah, we're I about college
0: about you know there's just a lot of things, which is it's a blessing it, it definitely is oh, I, yeah. and I appreciate that because especially compared to a lot of militaries uh, around the world like we've got it really really good Uh, but on the flip side of that, you know, it's kind of a rude awakening when you transition and you're you're trying to navigate, like I said, going from rugby to soccer, navigating the civilian world.
1: So yes, we, we, we definitely have a lot to learn when we get out. So I, I find myself on Facebook on occasion, like sending messages to my friends who are not military. Like when I started looking into life insurance and stuff, like I'm sending my friends messages and I'm like, Hey, what do you know? Like, do you have like, how long have you had this? How long have you known about this? Cause I'm like 42 years old and I'm just figuring this out. And they're all like, bro, we've been doing this for years. Where have you been? And I was like, well, I mean, I've been doing other things that you haven't been doing, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways with just like basic life stuff that we kind of end up behind the power curve because it was, it was handed to us for years and years. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But Hey, it's not too late to learn. And I think hey, it's right. incumbent upon us to, uh, to do that research and network and, you know, we need to get the word out um, on this and, and take a, a different mindset and approach to our service and how we view our future. And um, I think by holding each other accountable, I say we as the veteran community, we can mitigate this this nonsense of the, uh, the tapping mm-hmm. out the suicide um, yep. because our country needs us. The, the service doesn't end when you take off your uniform.
1: There's always the next mission.
0: Absolutely. The next mission. And I, I would say, you know, for me, like falling into this, I'm finding that uh, I think it's more I'm finding I've appreciated my service because I felt like I was part of something greater than myself. And it took me a while to figure this out. But now I'm like, I feel like I'm on fire again, that like that eagerness I had when I was a young private or a young NCO, sure. like, you know, um, I'm, I'm tapping into that again and i think that all of us need to find whatever that is for us you are more than just the uniform yep. you 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 know, your service doesn't end with with that and and tapping into that and figuring that out is a challenge and yep. hey we can we can help you join the next mission project and uh, we can help you out there
1: there you go like all this stuff back behind me this stuff's cool like we're like my fingers are backwards right but that's what i did for 23 years yes that's part of me like I've got it up here to kind of remind myself where I came from and like I do my work calls from here. So it's something similar. Right. But this was the last 23 years. What what am I going to do now? So what's next? Yeah. What's, what's going on the walls elsewhere? This is in my office, but in, what am I putting up in the rest of my house for everybody to see?
0: Pass is the past, you know, but how can I tap into all these experiences and all yep. these things, you know, to continue to to forge ahead? That's
1: correct. Absolutely. So.
0: Well, what else, what are you working on right now? What's, what's, what's new in your world and what, uh, what are you excited about?
1: Uh, Well, unfortunately I'm about to be working on knee surgery, which has put put a damper on a lot of things for me. We'll get that figured out and get pushed through that. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, a lot of community stuff that I like to be involved in. Uh, like you said, my bio, I'm an ambassador for the chamber of commerce. So being, I'm very much a people person. So anything I can do to get out and about and be involved, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Finish my bachelor's degree, possibly looking into um, a master's program next year, maybe with uh, the University of, what is that? I always mess it up. Applied Research and Development, research UARD, yeah. Uh, possibly a master's degree with them. Um, but yeah, no, it's just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep finding people to talk to. Um, enjoy not having 24 hours of my day like tied down by some other organization. Um, just live life and and figure out what I'm gonna do with my hair and my beard. Eventually I gotta make a decision there. I can't <laughs> I can't just keep letting it go. It's kind of getting out of control, but it's pretty but long.
0: Then, well, you've completed your goal of not shaving for a year after service. No, no, I
1: haven't had a, I haven't had a haircut and I haven't shaved in a year. So, so it's yeah. now now it's decision time. <laughs> That's right. I think I'd like
0: to let the beard grow out a little bit, see how that takes me. I wish I could it's grow fine. hair on my head, but it
1: just—I just, never—I didn't give
0: up on hair. It gave up on me.
1: As much as I made fun of my teenage daughters for like how long it takes them to get ready, having long hair, and even more so than the hair, of the beard—it takes time in the morning to get ready. Like you gotta, like yeah, it's, it it becomes beard it, it, oil, and but it's a handoff. It's like, do I want to shave every day, or do I want to take care of a beard every day? Because really, they're about the same. So it's like, yeah. which one? Choose your evil. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, that's nope. awesome. What well, good deal, man! Was well, there anything else before we wrap up?
1: No, man, that's it. So, like I said, the biggest thing: start early and reach out. Um, like we said, there's plenty of people out there that are willing to help you. Just gotta, you just gotta get out there and ask. Um, yeah, have fun with it. It's generally speaking, when you get out, especially if you're retiring, you're probably going to be better off than you're thinking you're going to be. Um, but yeah, just just Plan to to have a good time. Do things that make you happy. Like I said, I I do the life insurance piece and I literally have a job pouring beer and making pizza at a tap room because it's fun. I like it. Um, I get to be around people. I get to have a good time. I like the business. Find something you enjoy. Do that. Um, You don't have to do things. Once you take the uniform off, you don't have to do things you don't want to do anymore. There's nobody standing over you forcing you to do that. so find something that you love, find something that you enjoy within legal bounds, of course, uh, and yeah. uh, and get out there and have fun, enjoy life. You, you worked hard for however many years you put a uniform on, take it off and enjoy kind of the fruits of your labor. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, you know, like we talked to sort of the pit, I wouldn't say a pitfall, but people tend to gravitate toward going back to what they're familiar with. So they go back into government service because it's safe. And for me personally, like, we've given up a lot of freedom to be able to serve. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I am just ready to like, never have to do again is apply for leave. Mm-hmm. I want to travel. I was thinking about this, like why haven't I traveled um, mm-hmm. globally more often or visited more countries just because I'm tired of like, I mean the packet you have to put together mm-hmm. to be able to take uh leave and travel. And I'm like, I'm just ready to like go on a vacation without asking anyone permission. You know who I ask for
1: permit Like if I want to take off, like say I want to go back to Kentucky to go deer hunting. Do you know who I ask for permission? No one. I, I call my mom and say, "Hey, hey call okay? your mom." I say, "Can I stay at your house for a week while I go?" Because they've got private land in Kentucky. I'm like, "Do I can I stay at your house for a week?" That's who I ask permission to. Yeah. I don't. I don't ask my. And yes, in my my job at the tap room, I'll be like, "Hey, I'm not available this week." But anything else, like my job, I do with with life insurance and all this, I can do anywhere I have internet. Uh. So, yeah, I ask me, hey, Craig, do you want to go do this? Yes, Craig, I do. And then we leave. So (laughs) it's it's
0: You can design your life however you want, and you get a nice cushion to do that. Just manage, you know, finances and freedom. That's why we talk about it. But manage your life, and you can design your life the way you want to. And that's one thing I really like about, well, I would say I like about COVID. COVID's been kind of a shit show, right? But I've appreciated the fact that our society has gone more remote and there's more yes. opportunities to work from home or from the internet because it was yep. kind of a forcing function to do that.
1: <laughs> yep. No, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> COVID's been amazing. <laughs> in, <laughs> in some ways, yes. In a
1: lot of you gotta ways. Look yeah, look at
0: the bright side of things. Hunt the good stuff. Right. right? Hunt the good stuff. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hunting because it's been a disaster otherwise. But yeah. well, cool, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you. How can people get in contact with you?
1: Uh look me up on LinkedIn. Just search Craig Horseman. You'll find me. It's the dude with the long hair. I think there may be more than one, but you can't miss this face. Um add me on there. Um email me Horstman at united-shield.com. That's my work email address, but shoot me an email. Um, whatever. Reach out. I'll be more than happy to talk with whatever it is. Like I said, if I don't know the answer, I probably know somebody who does. So um whatever you need.
0: We'll put all those links in the uh, in the show notes and uh worst case scenario, you get a hold of me because he's just a uh, he's just up the road from me. I know where he lives. Yep. So, well, cool, man. Well, hey, I appreciate, appreciate you coming back again to talk about, um, you know, these uh, these important topics. So
1: Three, three's a charm, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Three times charm. A little yeah. bit more, I'm sure.
1: I'm down. All right,
0: brother. Well, for everyone else out there, hey, keep doing hard things. If you're ready to level up, you need some support, go to DoHardThingsNation.com. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. I would also love to know, what is your takeaway? What what insight did you get from today's episode? You can screenshot this, send it to me on social, post it on social, tag me. And when you share like that, someone else, someone else out there may need to hear this message today. Only 10% of people are engaged in personal growth and development. And uh, there could be a nugget here that could put someone in a positive trajectory. So feel free to share that, tag me in it. Send me a direct message, send me an email, let me know what your thoughts are, and you can, you can connect with me on all social media. You can send me an email at, jay at jayteeks.com. Take a moment, leave a review on iTunes, no matter if you're listening to Spotify or any other platform, like iTunes, I guess is the gold standard for, uh, for reviews, and it really goes a long way for uh, the algorithm, for people searching for personal growth and development, and it helps us go a long way. means a lot to me that you took a couple minutes to do them. I, I you know, read through all of them And you know, it, it just feels good Knowing that, uh, that this show is impactful So if you gain any value It just has uh, to do that uh, If you want to level up you want to take the next step in your personal growth and development You can go to jtegs.com dot scom We've got a variety of options We've got one-on-one coaching High-performance coaching Through the High Performance Institute Certified High Performance Coach have got a few different curriculums that I take people through I also do group coaching if you have an organization that needs a speaker or you want a live workshop i can come in and deliver some training to you and your organization we also have the uh, exclusive forge mastermind group that is uh, an elite community of like-minded people that are growing together and uh, we have a weekly call there and uh, we're going to be rolling out new content for that and then also we got apparel so the uh, you know we've got to go to dohardthingsapparel.com you do hard things shirt sure, show the world that you do hard things we got hoodies over there we got hats we got we got stickers we got patches a variety of different things and we got a, a variety of different models uh, coming out so uh good go, you can show the world that you do hard things and you can go over there and support us that way that'd be great so in the meantime thank you so much for listening keep doing hard things we'll see you guys in the next episode